have stood on a mountain of no's for one yes. B. Smith. You are listening to The Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 17th. Welcome, ladies, to The Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's show, we have the pleasure of chatting with Ali Boone, who is the owner of Hipster Investments, a business that has facilitated over 18 million in real estate investing sales within five years. She's been featured on Fox Business and Motley Fool. On today's show, we cover a lot of bases with Ali, talking about the advantages of turnkey investments, the best markets to find these turnkeys, and why knowing yourself, truly knowing yourself, will lead you to financial independence. Welcome back, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. And we're excited to have Allie Boone on our, on our call today. Hi, Allie. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. Before we uh, jump into Allie's story, which is absolutely fascinating, uh, we're going to really get into a lot of different aspects of real estate investing today. Andressa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing very well. Good. Lately, I've been like thinking about time. We think... You know, time is something that we can buy it, right? But I was like, how am I spending my time with people? What type of people I'm spending my time with? And how can I gain more time or shave time to do what I really want to do? So I was like, how can we figure this out? And during the conference that I went a couple of weeks ago, this guy said, you got to delegate, Right. I was like, cool, I'm delegating, but I still need more time. <laughs> and how can I do that? And then one thing that struck me is when he said, spending time with your family, with your son, with your daughter, with people that you care, there's no way you can delegate that part, right? There's no way you can hire a VA to do that and say, hey, go to that birthday party with my son, right? There's no such thing. You could, but that's like going to be a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Hey, son, <laughs> go with this word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just like it, it, it strike me and, and to really think about the things that I really cannot or don't want to delegate and the things that I really can delegate. I might not want to, but I have to if I want to live the life that I want to live. Hmm. And I'm all positive, but I start saying no to people because every time that I say yes to one person, I'm saying no to something else because hmm. it's just time is limited. So I'm being, being, I'm being very conscious about, okay, we can, we can talk. Not now, maybe later. I can yeah. meet you, maybe not for one hour, but for 15 minutes, for 30 minutes. I've been more conscious about my time and that, you know, it takes time. So I'm in training. So let's see how it goes. <laughs> Andressa, we're all in training. Don't you know that? You know? <laughs> hopefully hope, hopefully uh, this will be uh, time well spent. And, we, and it is because we have- uh, Absolutely. We have Allie Boone with us from Hipster Investments. I absolutely love that name. So um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you immediately how you came up with that. But the name is always such a funny conversation. Um, did you say how did I come up with that? Yeah, share share that uh, first, and then, and then we'll uh, jump in. You know, I'll be totally honest. I'm still semi self conscious about the name because it's ridiculous. But it kind of came to me one day. I don't remember. It was in my head for a long time, and I ran it by some people, and they were like you have got to be kidding me. Like, first of all, hipsters have a horrible connotation to it. Like the name has a bad connotation and like, you know, you're trying to present yourself as a professional, all these things. And, and I heard all that and I still think about that, but something in me just kept screaming to do it. And so what I've come to realize now is the, the main thing. And what I was kind of thinking about originally is people just click on it. Cause they're like, what in the world is like, this is crazy stupid. And so it triggers them to click. So because it stands out and it looks so different, it just drives traffic. And then the cool thing that I almost kind of feel bad saying, because hopefully none of these people are on listening to the podcast, but you know, the reality is when you're an entrepreneur in real estate or whatever, you just can't please everybody. And 
with the setup that I have and the business model, I honestly don't want to work with everybody because I work mm. with so many people that yeah. if I send some, can I say douchebag on the podcast? Go, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Was, we'll make this episode R. Raging douchebag to my guys. It just pisses everybody off and it's frustrating. It's hard to work with and whatever. And, and there are some people out there that really hate the name of my company, but in hearing those people and talking to those people, God bless them, but they're the people I don't want to work with. And so yeah. it's kind of be, it's ended up being this, um, people filter. <laughs> like, yeah, right? I hate that that's even a thing, but you know, if I can't work with everyone, I might as well work with the people who like, like most people that work with us just think it's the coolest name on the planet. I don't even think it's that cool, but it, I get feedback all the time from my guys are like, you know, you send us, decent people there's always exceptions but you know it's so it's it's become a people filter which is kind of the biggest win about it that I had no idea was coming isn't that cool isn't that great I mean it and, it, and, and you get to a point in your business that you want to be able to filter out who you work with because oh my god especially yeah. isn't that so true god absolutely <laughs> yeah that's totally so true crazy people are in the world like I just you know it's such an interesting industry and the people it attracts and yeah I just I honest to god do not want to work with all of them because some of them are horrible <laughs> well <laughs> we also have our uh woman only mastermind group and it's clear woman only but I still get requests from men to join the group I so <laughs> I you wish the filter was working, but sometimes it doesn't. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You have to put a term that men hate. And women's not it. What they love women, so you got You'd have to come up with, I don't know, something that would turn them all off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Allie, you've been investing for quite some time, and uh, you know, I'd love for you to share with our with our listeners what compelled you to jump into real estate investing. Like, what was it for you that motivated you to get into this? This, this lovely game we call investing of real estate? Well, I don't want to say it found me, but I spent quite a few years. I, all I knew is I wanted out of corporate. Like that was my main thing. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Uh, if it was going to be start a business, if it was going to be real estate, I just knew business and real estate were kind of the things that people were able to quit their jobs for. And so I researched everything. I mean, I was going to the three day rich dad seminars. I was also going to business stuff. Like, and I just didn't know. And so finally, after a few years, I guess, I decided that I was researching too many things. And I was like, I've got to pick one, either business or real estate. Like I've got to pick it. I've got to pursue it. So I actually picked business and I didn't even know what kind of business I was going to start, but I, it was totally not real estate related. And, uh, I think it was a week or two later, I was sitting at my work. I used to be an engineer and I was sitting at my office desk and this real estate opportunity popped into my inbox and I was so bored at work. I was like, well, I guess I'll watch the webinar on. I was like, whatever, but it'll entertain me for an hour. And one thing led to another and it's, I love the sound of it. I like the guys behind it. I ended up talking to them the whole time thinking none of this is actually ever going to work out. Like I'm just going to have fun with it because I'm actually that bored. And I, I kept trying to almost test them. I was like, obviously I'm getting scammed. Like there's no other way around that. Mm -hmm. So I kept kind of testing them and whatever, and it just kept falling into place. And so I bought into that investment that the webinar was about. And, um, the, so like one thing led to another different opportunities came up and I was really doing it as a side thing. And then next thing I knew, uh, I was doing it so much and telling so many people about it. Like I was able to convert it into a business. So ironically, I ended up with business and real estate because I did both, but it wasn't really planned. It just kind of, it showed up after working on it for so long. And what was your first, first deal? What was your first, uh, yeah. real estate deal? Well, that was a funny one. So the webinar was about, a funny one, isn't it? <laughs> that one's hilarious. Um, <laughs> the first property I owned was actually my primary house in Georgia before I took a job transfer to California. So that one was technically my first one, but not intentional. And then the one in the webinar was it. All I saw was beachfront bungalows, $99,000, which living in California, I was like, dear God, where can I buy for $99,000 in Nicaragua? And I, I actually thought Nicaragua was in Africa. I had no idea. Was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know where this is or what this is, but it sounds super rugged and adventurous. Uh, I obviously have to do it. Like there was no, you know, anything that seems like not the norm, uh, anything that'll make people itch a little, I want to do it. And so I looked it up, found out it is in Central America and not Africa. 
And then, uh, and that's why I even further thought it was a total scam. I was like, this has got to be the most ridiculous thing ever. But I ended up going to Nicaragua about five times in a year and a half. I bought more than one property there. Um, but the, the hitch to that, as fun as it was, and I totally got my money's worth, but it was a pre-construction situation and the developer ended up following or following through falling through. So to this day, it's not coming to fruition ever. So it was an expensive first fail, if you will, but it also led me to everything after that. And that's why I'm so big on telling people like it's real estate. Things don't always go like you plan, but if you look for the, you know, make lemon lemonade out of lemons or whatever it is, it, it can still lead you to where you're trying to go. So that was my first one, a total flunk, but still sounded cool. <laughs> That's funny. You're mentioning that. I think, I think it was Steve Jobs that um, said that you can connect the dots looking back. You can connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might not understand why this deal come right. Yeah. Um, and you don't know what, what the hell is going on here. The numbers are not making sense, but you are learning certain lessons that you're going to apply in the future. So I totally can relate to that. So how was your transition from, that first project to what you're doing now, turnkeys? Well, so the company that I was working on that project through, they at the time were involved in turnkeys as well. Like they do different offerings. And I think at the time they were doing turnkeys. I know for sure in Phoenix, maybe a little bit in Memphis, but it was a small scale type of thing. And right around this time, this was in 2011, I believe. And so it was right when the crash was officially crashed, all the inventory was whatever. And so after meeting all these guys and really learning to trust them and I like them and it wasn't their fault, the Nicaragua thing went under, but um, they said, you know, Hey, we know you're from Atlanta. So we just want to give you a heads up. Like Atlanta is the next market. Like it's huge. It's, it's coming. It's huge. The boom is anticipated. Like we're going to do turnkeys in Atlanta. I was like, Oh, cool. I was like, I'm from Atlanta. That, that sounds fun. Tell me more. And so I started looking into the turnkeys and I flew to Atlanta. Uh, at the time I would take any excuse to fly to Atlanta because all my friends were there and my parents were there still. And uh, so I went and toured around with one of the turnkey providers, again, assuming I was going to get scammed because it sounded too good to be true. It's like, yeah, <laughs> everyone does everything for you. And that's it. I was like, well, we'll just go to Atlanta and prove these guys wrong, whatever. And so I went around and toured it and I loved it. And the only hitch in it was that it required traditional financing. Like I needed 20% down, which I had enough for one property at the time, but I was like, how am I going to scale this? And I got so into it. I ended up telling a really good friend of mine, which I don't recommend this for everybody, but he ended up becoming an investor partner and we were able to buy multiple properties. And so that started the turnkey wheel and then other markets, you know, and real estate markets are always changing. Atlanta, for example, I no longer recommend at all, but as the markets kept changing and I kept telling people about it, like we just started working with different turnkey providers all over the U S and it's been really fun since like it's different offerings all the time. Like you never know what the next market is going to be. And, and Atlanta panned out much better than Nicaragua for sure. That's a good way to, to rebound. Allie, for the, for the, for the folks listening, What's a simple way you could define turnkey investing? Because I think that term gets thrown out a lot, you know, online, you know, we all, we, we, it's a term that everyone probably has five different definitions of. So yep. I'm curious from a turnkey provider like yourself and an expert, you know, how would you define that in a simple way for, for our listeners? So the term turnkey actually refers to the condition of the property. So the whole idea and where the name came from is like in theory on a turnkey property, you can just stick the key in the door, turn it, and boom, you're making cash flow on day one. So that's where the term originated from. And you can buy a property, you could go in your backyard and buy a property that's in turnkey condition, meaning it's already rehabbed, like it's rent ready. Um, if you really wanna be a hardcore turnkey, there's already tenants in, and you're literally making cash flow from day one when you buy it. The turnkeys that I work with, so you can buy a turnkey property, but what happened around the crash, and I guess beforehand, but turnkey got popular around the crash, is big companies started going out and finding distressed inventory, rehabbing it in bulk, putting tenants in, having property management, and they were offering those properties to investors. So the properties I work with specifically come from those turnkey providers, but the term turnkey is not... Um, limited to just the properties from those companies. 
Got it. So we are in 2018 now, and you mentioned Atlanta. Um, what markets are ideal, quote-unquote, ideal for turnkey properties right now? Well, so when I think of what markets I like uh, and the ones I consider ideal, I look at two things. Number one, the market fundamentals. I don't deal with markets that are bombing. Like Detroit, for well, I shouldn't say bombing, either have bombed or have not come back up yet. So I focus heavily on growth markets. So the market fundamentals are huge. And then the quality of the turnkey provider is huge. So I know of good turnkey providers and markets that I don't want to invest in and vice versa. There might be a great market to invest in, but not a solid turnkey provider that I know of yet. Um, so that's the combination I look for. And Got the it. other... Hmm? Go ahead. No, I wanted to find... What, what do you define by turnkey provider? Can you clarify that? Yeah, these are the guys who have an actual company who focus on going out and finding properties to rehab tenant. And then uh, they have property management and they sell to the investors. Got it. Yeah. So they, um, and the other thing with the markets right now is where we are in the real estate economy in general. There's like Atlanta, all of my properties that I bought in Atlanta have either doubled or tripled in value in six, five to six years. That is not expected at all right now. Um, there's not a lot of markets. I mean, we're at, I don't want to say peak prices, but we're at higher prices. Like turnkeys back then were a very different story than they are now. So just kind of as a blanket clarification of, you know, you're not going to get 14% cap rates and double appreciation in two years type of thing. But with that said, um, we're working with a really unique opportunity, which is a little bit different than the standard turnkeys in Baltimore and Philadelphia right now, where it's a little bit more of the Burr model, where it's, you get the benefit of forcing appreciation via by Burr, by (laughs) whatever all those R's are, um, which I, I'm waiting for someone to change that term because I hate that one. I can never get the right number of R's. Um, But the turnkey provider actually still does all the work. So you fund it up ahead of time. They do all the work. And so there are companies who do that model. I don't recommend most of them because it's your money on the line. This one we have a big history with. They offer a lot of guarantees. It's a little bit on the safer side. But Baltimore and Philly are really awesome for those. And Baltimore, of all of them, I think has the most upside potential, whether from appreciation or growth or gentrification type of feel. Um, Outside of that, we've also been working heavily in St. Louis and Chicago, and we've got great providers there. And then Indy and Kansas City are still strong. We're kind of low on inventory there, and I'm not, you know, those markets have been popular now for quite a few years. So we've got those, but not focusing on them as much. But like I said, the markets are always changing, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you're saying too is, is really fascinating because there's two pieces, right? The, the property is one part, but the market's a different part. So it, yeah. both those things are so important in investing and obviously for doing, for doing turnkeys. Uh, yeah. And for that too, I'll just throw a note out that, you know, a lot of people think it's all about the numbers. Uh, my kind of first step with people is getting them to focus on the numbers. I hear so many people talking and you can hear that they have absolutely no idea to even look at numbers. So numbers are huge, but to the point of the market, you have to be able to sustain those numbers. So projected numbers are just on paper and it's what everyone thinks is going to happen, but you need reason to believe it's actually going to happen. So those market fundamentals are huge for that because if you're in a declining market, you're going to increase your odds of not sustaining those numbers pretty heavily in a lot of ways. So that, you know, that's a huge thing is, people either forget to ever look at the numbers or once they see numbers, they're like, oh, this is a great deal because yay, look at these high numbers. Well, you need something to back those up and reason to believe they're going to sustain. Otherwise, you're just going to, you could be up a creek without a paddle. So that's an interesting point. So, so investors come to you. Do you find that, you know, it's, it's probably a mix, right, of new investors, existing investors. It's just a, it's a strategy in real estate. You, it's basically paying mm-hmm. retail in yeah. essence for property, but it's more like, I think I saw somewhere on your website, hands off. We've, we've gotten familiar with, with turnkeys ourselves because we buy, um, you, know, I, you know, you and I, uh, I sent you that note and we were, you know, exploring different things. The, um, we buy properties in more C-class, B-class neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So we've done a lot of work in Trenton and what have you. And, you know, Trenton, I don't know, New Jersey, I would say arguably is, I wouldn't call it a growth market by any means. However, it, you know, it's been stable. Um, and yeah. 
what's interesting is we buy rentals that we hold on to, but at times we're like, you know what? I don't know if we want to hold this. Let's, we've had other investors say, hey, do you have anything that's already done? So it's, I wouldn't say we're a big turnkey provider, but we've strategically worked with some of our investors who want more of just like hands off. Let me, let me just, you know, um, buy it from you guys. And, but it's been an interesting process because what those investors want versus what someone who, it's always like active versus passive investor, right? Yeah. So the active investor says, no, I don't want you guys doing any of the work. I want to buy it, you know, wholesale. And then yeah. I want to put my contractors in and, and that's great. But then other people are like, I don't want to do any of that. You have the relationships, you, right. know, the, you know the area. So I guess the, the, the question that we talk a lot with our investors with, and I'm sure you do too, as people are considering turnkeys, is what type of investor do you want to be? And right. I think yeah. that's an important question that, existing investors as well as new investors have to ask themselves because if you want to be active then you know you would be a better judge of that but i, I you know turnkey may or may not work for them but right. in terms of being passive and hands-off um one, one the gentleman who's really our main guy who's bought a few of our, our properties and he wants to move to back to where he came from you know cuba and mm-hmm. uh and he's just like i don't want to do any of it i don't want right. to even talk to the contractor that works for him yeah. so I guess as people are exploring, you know, I'm thinking about our listeners, you know, women are listening to this, you know, what are some questions would they ask to know or think through whether turnkey investments is good for them? What do you, what do you think? And you've worked with hundreds of turnkey uh, investors. Well, you know, I think uh, your lead in earlier um, about time, I was, I was listening to it. I was like, oh, like it was such a good lead in for this podcast because Mm -hmm. You know, turnkey, people are very fast to knock the entire concept. And I get it. And quite frankly, I'll be the first person to tell you if I don't think you should buy a turnkey, because I think if you have the interest in doing the work, if you have the skills, if you have any of it, don't buy a turnkey that's throwing money away. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm kind of a bad salesperson since I sell turnkeys, but I'll tell you not to do it. And, but, I think there's such a distinction and exactly to the point of what you're saying uh, earlier to start the podcast is not everybody wants to work. I actually just wrote an article that said, are you investing or are you working? Because people get into Mm -hmm. real estate and if you actually look up the term of invest, like if you buy a share of stocks, then you put your money in it and then you get some kind of return on it, hopefully. And that's investing. But like, if you go flip a house, for example, and you do a lot of this, you, you probably know better than anyone is if you go flip a house or rehab a house, or if you're a landlord or whatever, you are working. And so you absolutely can get higher returns if you go do everything yourself. But part of that, those returns are really paying you for your time. And in my case, because I'm not naturally good at that stuff, it is also paying me for my sanity and my time. Like I, I lose sanity. <laughs> and so, yeah. You know, I've come to a, like one question you can always ask yourself is, are you going to keep your sanity if you do all this? And people don't realize how hard flipping and rehabbing and managing contractors, it's hard. And so again, if that's in your skill set, if that's in your grain, absolutely go do it. But it's not for everybody. Some people have full-time jobs and families. And why I got so excited about it is because I kept pursuing real estate and I just didn't want to swing hammers. Like I went and looked at some foreclosures. There was a rat and rigor mortis. And I was like, Oh, I don't do rigor mortis. And you know, all these things, (laughs) I I just, it was all kind of like, I don't want to do this, but I wanted to do something smart with my money. And so as far as questions people can ask themselves, I would say the number one question is what is it that you really want? Because if you just want to put your money somewhere smart, if you just want to have some good investments and end of story, you know, turnkeys are great. And I used it. Well, I think the website still says hands off. Like I've learned to be careful with that word because you need to do due diligence. You need your brain attached to your shoulders occasionally. Um, people apparently think it's so easy. They don't need their brain attached, but for the <laughs> most part, it allows you to still invest without having to do all of that work. And I recently went in with some partners and bought a property local to me in Venice. And I'm now the landlord against everything I've ever preached ever. And to be honest, and we didn't even have to rehab it. And it has been so exhausting. Like it's a pretty minimal amount of work and I have been exhausted. Like trying to get the handyman doesn't call me back. And then I have to Home Depot. I'm not, don't even get me started on Home Depot. I cannot go to the <laughs> store without doing 15 laps across the gigantic warehouse and never can find what I need. Like it's people just don't realize 
how much goes into it. And so really the question is, what is it that you want? Because if you feel a drive or you have a skill set and you want to do this, absolutely. But if you just want the investments, you've got to take it more passive because you're going to end up getting into it. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to hate it. And then you're going to tell everyone how bad real estate is. And that's not really fair. And, you know, so it's so much about self-awareness and I would love to be a flipper. I would love to do all this work myself. I think I would have a blast with it if I was better at it. And I, I can see the, the excitement about it, but it's just not me. And I have to acknowledge that because otherwise I start swimming upstream and everything gets more complicated. Yeah, I think, I think you're making such an excellent point. So for the folks out there that are, are thinking, well, I have a full-time job, but I have funds sitting down on my bank account. They're not getting the return that I want. Uh, other types of investments are not getting the return that I want. So turnkey is an option that will get a higher return based on my criteria. For mm-hmm. that type of person, that is looking to invest in turnkeys, but have no idea how to even select a company, what will be the questions that they, they can ask the companies that are doing this type of job so we can like vet them out? Well, and here's the thing I've learned. So there's a few people in my chain and I have a policy in life of if I can ever work with someone smarter than I am, I do that. And so the way that we're all structured with my company is like, for instance, somebody will ask me about market analysis. Well, I'm actually not that good at it because I don't find it entertaining at all. But some of the guys I work with are fantastic at it and they're pros. So I piggyback off of them. I'm like, hey guys, what are you finding? And same goes for vetting turnkey providers. I'll tell you, I've been buying turnkeys since 2011. And occasionally, you know, a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, hey, I'm a turnkey provider, wherever. Um, you know, I'd love to work with you, see if you can send us some buyers and whatever. I'm like, sure, send me your info. And I look at it and it looks kind of legit. Well, then I send it to my guys who actually do all the vetting, whatever. And inevitably to this day, now seven years later of me being knee deep in turnkeys, they will identify something I didn't look at. And I've sent them more companies and they're like, ooh, huge red flag about this or whatever. And when they say it, I'm like, oh, Okay. Yeah. So they were right. I I didn't see it. I don't know what to look for. So I really caution a brand new investor or whatever, who's not really in the space to just go directly to the turnkey providers because it, it's almost impossible to even give the list of questions to ask, to know if they're legit. Like I rely on the pros to be quite honest. Like I don't, apparently I don't trust myself because I thought all these guys look great and they're like, "Mm, yeah, you know, so, you know, I mean, if somebody really wanted to vet them on their own, first of all, how many deals have they done? How many do they do per month? Um, You know, I would absolutely go to the location uh, and check everything out and see everything in person. Um, You know, it's, I, I, I think there's more power and either working with other people or finding out who people have had really good experiences with. And, you know, not everyone's going to be completely accurate on that one, but you know, it's, it's surprisingly harder to vet a turnkey provider than people would think. So I, I even caution on advising on that one. I agree with you. Yeah. And it's also about comparing apples to apples because what a one turnkey provider charges is different from another one. And, you know, and all those sort of things. It's, it's a, it could get a little overwhelming for an investor. Yeah, it absolutely uh, can. And even, you know, you might see, I've seen people write about bad experiences with turnkey providers. I have very strong knowledge about, and I know that the buyer was in the wrong. Like, you know, and so it's, it's kind of like in this big, bad world of real estate investing, who do you trust? And mm. that's a hard one because there's really, there's not a lot of checks and balances in this industry at all. And some of the best turnkey providers I've ever known, or even real estate investors in general, have felonies on their records. Like, you know, it's really, you know, I, you know, a lot of those guys are really good business guys. And, you know, it just, it, it's a hard industry to navigate. And I, that's why I think the more people you network with, the more people you talk to, that's kind of why I started my company and why I showed up. Cause I'm like, wow, this industry is so full of stuffy guys in suits trying to sell me things from across the desk and $15,000 courses and whatever. Like it's scary as an individual. And that's why I kept going into everything. I was like, this is a scam. Obviously I'm going to prove these people wrong and ha ha ha. But you know, so I've kind of gone through it. And so that's why I'm kind of like, Hey, I can just tell you who I've worked with, who I like, who I trust. 
end of story. And I think if more people would do that, then we could, everybody could have a little bit better confidence because there, it's, it's a scary world out there in this industry. Yeah, I, I love that idea, Allie, too, because I didn't even realize, you know, I knew, I knew of you and all the great work you're up to uh, from all the blogs you've written and what have you, but I didn't realize how, how important having like actually a broker, right, in the middle, like having a middleman yeah. uh, is, in, especially yeah. for turnkeys, you know, and then I, yeah. that got me thinking about other parts of real estate. There should be brokers for that, too. <laughs> yeah. If only. Well, if and, only. you know, a quick blurb, if anyone listening is a little bit familiar with turnkey properties, you also know that there are the direct turnkey providers. So they're the guys who find the properties who you actually buy the properties from. And then there's what people call either the turnkey marketers or the promoters or whatever. And they're not actually the guys selling the properties, but they're pitching the different providers. Mm. So I work a little bit more in the chain of the marketers. And a lot of people want to give the marketers a bad name, but you know, if you go to, so people all the time are like, well, I should just go to the direct provider and work directly with them. Why would I work with a marketer? Well, first of all, the marketers are free. If they're not, that's a red flag in itself. Second, if you go to a direct turnkey provider and you're like, Hey, I'm looking to invest, you know, what's the best market? Well, they're going to tell you theirs. Hello. Like the, that's where their business and the turnkey providers are not bigger minded. Um, bigger minded is not a, not the right word, but, they're not the bigger picture people. They're really good at what they do. They're more the technicians. They do the houses. They do whatever. They're not somebody I would go to for general investing advice, for example. They sell the products. The turnkey marketers, on the other hand, are those people. And because they work with multiple providers, they can say, hey, tell us your goals, tell us your budget, whatever. Here's the market we think would be the best fit. Because different markets offer different things. And they can give you, I'm not going to say completely unbiased, because obviously they're going to tell you a market that they have a turnkey provider in. But they are, they can advise you different directions. And they're better at portfolio strategizing all that kind of stuff. And when you then buy a property, you're part of a bigger group. If you go in as an individual, this might be a dramatic case, but if you go in as an individual and let's say the turnkey provider just completely screws you for whatever reason, you're not a lot of skin off their back. Like, oh, well, they screwed you over, big loss because you bought one property. Not a big thing. But if you go in as part of the marketing group and they screw you, they're, they're teetering pissing off the entire marketing group and they have a lot of buying power. So a thing in real estate is buying power. You can, you know, it's like buying things in bulk at Costco. You can get things cheaper. They can get things cheaper. And if you come in with a lot of people behind you, they're going to think twice before really screwing you over. And the marketers are there to help you, to support you. They can ask you, they can off, um, answer questions, all that kind of stuff. So I really encourage, and again, it's that whole idea of building your team, building your buying power, building your, network building everything versus just trying to do this by yourself because i hear so many people want to get into this industry all by themselves and i'm like you better hang on for a, a big ride like just build your team it's so powerful yeah no absolutely and you know we have um we, we're actually doing uh, episodes on our show ongoing, like different topics. So we did one on finding a contractor and really hiring the right contractor, which Andressa's phenomenal app because she, she really, um, you know, is, is the day-to-day -day construction manager of a lot of projects in Philadelphia. I did one then on building a team and I, yeah. you know, we, 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 you know, that's going to be an upcoming episode, but it's so important, you know, and we stressed, you know, how do you, how do you build a real estate team? And yeah. there's just so many pieces of it. You can't be good at everything. And I, I love what you're saying, Allie, because whether or not someone goes with that marketing company or, or works with you guys or works with anybody to vet out whether turnkey is the right thing for them, what they're tapping into is in essence, like market knowledge. You're, yeah. you, it's in your best interest to help investors, right? Yeah. It, it is an app, that's your customer in essence. Yeah. Your customer is on both ends probably, but the, mark, the turnkey marketer is in best interest is to make that investor happy. Yeah. The turnkey provider, yes, but you, know, that's, that, you can probably argue that a little more than, than the yeah. marketer. You know? Yeah, because so they, can, they can live off transactional sales. They have so right. many buyers and so many buying channels. They don't need long-term relationships. And to, to be honest, customer service is not typically <laughs> their forte. Like, yeah. There's a couple of yeah. exceptions that are fantastic at it, but for the most part, not their jam. And yeah. 
no. So, but my kind of business, the marketers and everybody, we, our business is completely long-term relationship. Investors are by multiple properties. So it would not behoove me to set you up with somebody bad. And then, because then I don't get you back and you'll right. tell everybody about me and it's a whole big disaster. Like I, my business requires long-term relationships. The turnkey providers do not at all. And I think that's another thing that uh, women listening to this can use as one of their interviewing questions or something they want to keep in mind uh, is, is to talk to the turnkey providers, whether it's a, on the marketing side or the actual end, end turnkey company, uh, but talk to some of their customers yeah. and, and get the average of, you know, how many, how many deals have these investors done with you, right? Because yeah. they start saying, oh, you know, we have a lot of new people, mm, red flag, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. you know, so it's just so important that people keep coming back to that company, yeah. end buyer or the middle, the, the, the person in the middle, whomever, but they, yeah. have, they keep coming back. If they keep coming back, that's a good thing. Yeah. And I'll throw out a little warning there too of if somebody for example, were to go on a very large real estate investing website that, you know, any of them, but there's some bigger than others and ask about, Hey, has anyone had experiences with such and such company? I will tell you from the five or six years that I've been involved in that kind of community, typically when people have a good experience, they are no longer on those websites anymore because they've figured it out. They've got, once you buy one turnkey, you're golden. Like it's the same thing every time they're not really on those websites anymore from of the hundreds of people I know that have bought turnkeys. Most of them are never back on those websites. So oftentimes what happens is if somebody says, Hey, has anyone had such and such experience? You're only going to hear about bad experiences or uh, people who have no idea what they're talking about. And like, I, I know for a fact that they don't. And the bad experiences a lot of times either were a total fluke or, you know, and there are some companies that are legit bad, but, you know, so be cautioned if you just go publicly on the internet and say, hey, what do people think about this? It's a pretty slim chance that you're actually going to find all the buyers to be able to speak to their good experiences because they're not on the websites anymore. So just a small caution there. So what would the experienced Ellie will tell the rookie Ellie if they were to meet in person? You know, I actually don't think I would change or have done anything. To, well, the one small thing I would have done differently is I've learned over the years about a lot about property management, which is honestly a whole separate podcast in itself. Um, I would have learned to fire property managers much faster. I've, I've not as gullible now as I used to be, but I've been pretty gullible and they're like, Oh no, it'll, it'll get fixed. It'll be fine. And it never did. And that ended up, that cost me a lot of money a few times, just letting bad property managers hang on for too long. But as more of a broad answer to that, I think the experience alley would congratulate the rookie alley for just trying it. You know, like the Nicaragua thing, like it's a bummer. I lost all that money, but you know, rock on like and perseverance really is a thing in real estate. It just not, everything's going to go right all the time. And so when you can persevere through that and stick with it, take the learnings and go. And so I'd really congratulate rookie alley more than anything. And then I'd remind her to fire property manager sooner, but you know, I think that's where I'd stick with it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, it's, uh, as, as we've asked, that's a different guess. I, I envision my, my two selves meeting and then I think goes down a weird path. I'm like, well, you know, oh, she looks a little older. <laughs> I'm like, well, I would actually have comments, but. I would have been like, stay out of the sun. Don't get stay out of the sun. sun. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're, you're, um, business owner, you know, you're a busy lady, uh, you blog, you know, for lots of sites, you're, you're kind of doing, doing a lot. And, and you have this, this phrase on your website, I forget where, somewhere I read it, but about um, not fitting into your wants list. Uh, you said something, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you, but you said something about you'd prefer to spend as little time and stress. So, you know, on your projects. So you don't want to take on projects that don't fit into your wants list. Right. And I thought that was very intriguing. Um, and I'm curious, you know, because then we're going to get into the mindset. I want, we want to get into the mindset. What, what does that look like for you? What is the wants list, number one? Mm -hmm. But number two, how does that correlate to your overall way of being? You know, how do you do yeah. what you do, right? Because you're not just running, have an investment investments, but you now you have a very successful business. You have a team, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and I'm sure you have a, a per, you know, busy in, a per, in your personal life. So 
number one, what's your wants list? I'm curious. And number two, again, how does that correlate to who you are as a, a person and how do you yeah. keep it all together? I'm so intrigued as to when I wrote that or for what, or I'm like, hmm, oh. I don't remember that. You um, commented on someone's, um, it was like a, kind of like where the blog happens on your site. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it sounds like something I would say. Um, my absolute want, I've, I've been like this since I was a kid. It's, it's caused some turmoil in my life, especially as a kid. Um, but I've always wanted freedom. I just, even when I was in my corporate job, my, my big thing is if some, if a friend of mine wants to go to lunch sometime and they invite me, I want to be able to say yes. I don't want to have to be able to, I don't want to have to say no because I'm at a job or whatever. Um, I want to travel without taking vacation days. Like I go traveling now and I hear other people, they took their vacation days and I'm like, oh, I just, I am so much about freedom. And, you know, and I'm, I'm almost on the rebellious side of it. Like I, I won't even drive an automatic car because I want the freedom to shift whenever I want to shift. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm pre and that's saying a lot for Los Angeles traffic. Like I, I drive a stick shift in LA because I want that much freedom. So I'm very much on the extreme end of freedom, but it's so key for me. One of my favorite things that ever happened is I was in Nicaragua, actually, I was sitting poolside. I had a pina colada in my hand. And my property manager on one of my properties calls me and says, hey, a storm just blew your roof off. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So I called the insurance company, filed a claim. I said, here's my property manager's number. Put the phone down, text the manager saying they'll call you soon. And I went back to sipping my pina colada. That, that was like, the, and I sat there and I was like, man, okay, I'm doing something right. Like I, I spent maybe 10 minutes and I want the freedom to not have to fix toilets. I want the freedom to, well, now that I'm landlording a property, my freedom was being a little compromised. <laughs> like, like I'm really seeing why I've been preaching what I have is I just want to be able to do what I want to do when I do it. And I always say I've always, I'd rather work 90 hours in a week than 40 or sorry, 90 hours in a week on my own schedule than 40 on someone else's. I just want to pick and choose when and what I do all the time. And so I've really, so my real estate investing is absolutely conducive to that, except for this one property I'm landlording um, because I have property managers and I'm not rehabbing and all those things. And then even my business, I've set it up very much like my real estate is I have employees and I've outsourced. Like I loved what you said in the beginning about the things that we can't trade. So I can't hire someone to have my personality or to write exactly like I do. And so the things that I can't hire someone to do, I still do. But everything else at this point is hired out because uh, like a month ago, I went to Alaska on vacation for a week and it was fine. Business kept going. I kept making money. Things were fine. And I had that freedom to do that because of exactly what you're talking about is outsourcing and hiring people. Um, so basically everything I do, I set it up so that I have flexibility with it. I even fly, I teach flying as a fun side gig. And I even set those hours up where I get to pick and choose my students and I get to, I can say no, I can say yes and whatever. So that's really, that's a lot about me and probably why I'm single too. Cause <laughs> now that I'm actually saying, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that ties in. Um, <laughs> but that's me is I love the freedom. And so really acknowledging that within myself and finding things that allow me to do that, which is for me, unfortunately not flipping. I think it would be fun, but it, it doesn't fit into what I'm trying to do. I think what you're saying, Allie, is so important that we, there's so many different niches. There's so many different ways to get involved in, in this real estate investing, you yeah. know, process. And what most people don't do is really get clear. I and mean, it's funny because you asked that you asked the question earlier in the episode, you said, what is it that you really want? Yeah. Which is exactly what you're saying right now. You're very yeah. clear. You are super laser focused on what you want. So, yeah. so that everything else happens around that. And it's not about being selfish. It's about being selfful, you know? Right. And, 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 if, and I think that's just so important. And, you know, the folks listening to this episode, what is it you really want, you know? And, and what, yeah. for all of us, right? So whether you're an aspiring investor or you're a woman that is growing your portfolio, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're to transition in our company. And it, I constantly am trying to be very mindful of what we really want. Yeah. Then everything else will figure itself that, out. A huge part of that too is, to be honest about it too. So one of the number one things that I want in my life, and I, I'm embarrassed to say it, I, I know how it sounds. I absolutely love sleeping in. End of story. Like, I love it. I go to bed now when my, when my body wants to go to sleep and I wake up when it wants to wake up. It doesn't want to wake up early. So I sleep in most days. And, you know, a lot of people frown on that or they're like, oh, you're lazy or whatever. But I'm just being 
true to myself. Like I'm a night owl, like chemically or whatever, I'm a night owl. And so I can say, Hey, you know what? I get how this sounds, but the fact is I want to sleep in. How can I make that happen? And no matter what it is that you want, if you can be honest about it with yourself, you don't have to tell everyone you sleep in, but do it for yourself if that's your thing. You know, and, and so that's a big thing is there's so much influence from people around us who want to tell you what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing or how you should feel or how you shouldn't feel. Well, you're you and nobody can tell you that other than you, you can listen to them and think about it, but be honest about what it is you want because there's going to be so many people telling you that you're wrong. And you've got to stick to your guns on that if you really want to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, such great, great advice. You know, no one knows what you know, right? Yeah. Um, Allie, you have such a tremendous insight into uh, investing and, and turnkey investing. Where, where could um, listeners learn more about you and learn more about your, your hipster investment company? <laughs> Again, I do love the, the sound of it. So. See, you're on my team. <laughs> yeah, when you're on your side. Oh, yes. Actually, as I thought about it, I don't think I've ever had a woman complain about it. It's always been the guys. And then they, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like it's guys. And then I listen to them continue to talk and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God they don't want to buy a property through me. Um, but uh, so the hipsters website is www.hipsterinvestments.com. And then if you want to get me directly, uh, whether to ask about properties, whether to ask whatever, or quite frankly, if you just want to say hi, I love just meeting people anyways. Uh, it's Allie, A-L-I at hipsterinvestments.com. And I always respond to that. Um, so you can, that's the easiest, fastest way to get to me. That's great. Uh, so uh, to finalize today's interview, I'm going to ask you our three fabulous questions. Oh. So <laughs> the first one is, there you go. The first one is, uh, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Ooh. I, I, I turned to look at my bookshelf. Um, God, only one. Well, easily for the sake of this podcast and the topics, I, I have to go with the famous rich dad, poor dad that, I mean, it's not an original answer by any means by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, it's, but it really much like it kind of does for everybody. Even if you don't follow what he ends up saying, it really plants the seed and gives you a, the more true perspective about money. Like it wasn't until that book that I understood what was actually going on and what different things meant. And it really helps you kind of in that figuring out that self-awareness thing as he breaks it down to explain the different positions and you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'd like to give you a more original answer, but I don't think anyone could possibly be in real estate having not read that book. A hundred percent. So the second question will be, uh, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Outsourcing. For sure. Like that is the number one thing is if I had to do everything myself, I would be doing everything myself. And, uh, you know, I've started a business. I I'd started doing the business, doing everything myself. And I, I'm pretty proud of how I ended up outsourcing and on what kind of schedule and all that. But even same with real estate is I'm a big believer. I'm a pretty smart person, but I'm a big believer in strengthening my strengths while I let other people handle my weaknesses. And so like with turnkeys, for example, there's just people better at market, um, uh, um, market analysis, rehabbing houses, all that kind of stuff. They're all smarter than me in that. So why would I not use them? So let them do that work. In my business, there's people who are smarter in marketing, better writers, all that kind of stuff. So I use them. And so that's my number one thing is if you really want financial freedom, you've got to have other people involved because otherwise, if you're doing it all yourself, I, you're not really that free. Amen to that. <laughs> so the last one is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Ooh, I've never been asked this one. Um, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of a, I'm trying to even see if there's a female author that, um, you know, in real estate and business, I don't know that I've really read or studied much. Oh my God, from a female. Oh, does that make me a bad female? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Is there a lack of females in this industry? Um, you can't, I, it doesn't need to be related to real estate. Hmm. I'm also bad at celebrities and anyone in the news too. Um, Oprah? <laughs> 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 I actually honestly don't follow... Um, 
much of anything. I'm, I'll get back to you on that one. I'll, I'll okay. have you Is there anyone on, on your personal life that you admire? I feel like there should be an answer for this one. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna ponder. stay tuned, people. <laughs> stay in suspense. The answer's coming. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really, uh, really enjoyed it. And, you know, you have such, you have such great insight into, to, you know, turnkeys and investing, but, but also the, the mindset and, and who you need to be as a person and, you know, what right. you really want. So we really appreciate just being, you know, honest and who you are and, you know, appreciate your time so much. Thanks. Well, it's my favorite way to be. And, you know, like I tell people all the time, no investment deal whatsoever. I don't care what the numbers are or anything. None of them are worth losing sleep. Like just, it, you should enjoy it. I mean, truly, I, I don't care if it's the best deal in the world, if it's going to stress you out or whatever, just don't like it's, you know, it's, it's about that being true to yourself and just honoring that. And that will take you so much further than all the sales pitches. That's, that's awesome. I think that being true to yourself and honest, raw, mm-hmm. that's what will bring us joy and success overall. That's yeah, awesome. We all stop trying to be what we're not and we all yeah. are who we are. I think it could bring world peace the more I'm thinking. Yes. Like, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we all love for that, right? <laughs> awesome, Allie. It was a pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Allie. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.